Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined here today by Gabriel Bringers. Good day. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up, guys? So it was I.O. week, and we have so much awesome stuff to dig into. We're going to dig into some general things that were announced that we thought were interesting at I.O., and then in the second half, we have some Chromebook-specific news that was announced. As part of that, we've got a video that's going to be uh, hopefully coming out maybe this weekend, early next week. I'm going to hopefully get it edited today, if not yeah, tomorrow morning. I would, I would bet it will come together today. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a quick one. going to handle B-roll with Yeah, that. it's going to be a quick one. We're just going to pull some B-roll from the sessions and I think that will be a fun video for people, uh, but we're going to give you a little preview in the podcast today. So yeah, if you're interested yeah. for that stuff, the Chromebook-specific stuff, hang on until the second half. This is going to be a really fun podcast. I'm really excited about it. Before we dig in, though, our On the Run to 200K giveaway is chugging right along. I think I mentioned it last week, but we hit our first milestone of 180,000 subscribers. We got to play Pinko. We did. P P P Pinko. And we tried to make a vlog video that was interesting this is great the next ones are going to be better oh it was <laughs> fail it was fun. all over like my wife saw it and she was like it was fun are y'all what happened it's like well we just decided to roll we with wanted it. people and to actually, see the real us yeah that's what they got you don't have teleprompters <laughs> it was and, very behind and, the and scenes any, yeah <laughs> it's what our patrons see all the time oh yeah our patrons are probably yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah why we still have patrons i don't i don't know <laughs> and it's like these idiots <laughs> yeah, it's fun stuff we uh yeah, so we, we made a little made a little video. We're gonna we're gonna do another one of those when we hit our next milestone, which, which will be soon. Which will be soon. So we're right doing on. we're doing a giveaway every twenty five hundred subscribers from now on until we hit two hundred thousand. Awesome, uh, awesome extended giveaway that we're able to do because of a partnership with MediaTek. Everything that we're giving away is powered by MediaTek, and our 
grand prize, our final giveaway at 200000 is going to be a Lenovo Chromebook Duet bundle with some awesome goodies in there. So yes. if you haven't gotten entered to win, you just need to go do it. We're going to be giving away all sorts of stuff. Everything leading up to the grand prize is going to be random, so you never know exactly what you're going to get. Make it fun. Make it interesting. We we wanted to like we wanted to incentivize people to sign up early because if we if we if we listed out all of the prizes, then someone might just wait kind of towards the end because they don't want to win one of the early prizes. But they're all awesome prizes, you know. Yeah. But it's just a variety of things, and so we wanted to make it random. And it's just and, fun to win stuff. And it's just <laughs> to fun. be honest. And yeah, and the plinko board's just fun. So and it's free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you haven't entered to win already, make sure to go get entered to win. It's all over the website. It's all over our YouTube, but we'll link it down in the show notes as well if you just want to click and hop in. So let's dig right into some of the general news from IO. If you weren't able to catch any of the sessions, uh, would definitely recommend going and checking out at least at least watch that main keynote with with uh, Sundar. That I think I forget what they called it. Was that did they just call it the main keynote? Yeah, they just if people look that's, for it. That's they the can, Google I/O keynote, and yeah. then there's the Google I/O developer keynote. That's okay. So that's why I was confused because I remember seeing two that had keynote on them. So yeah, the, we'll link them and everything. And the developer but, keynote was. Odd this year. Usually, it's, it's kind of long weird. and drawn out no. and pretty dry. I mean, it's a developer keynote. Like yeah. they're they're going to get into the weeds a little bit uh, in that, and they didn't really no. uh, that much. Uh, it was I think it was like what forty minutes or something, forty five yeah. minutes. Uh, whereas the main keynote was like an exhausting two hours. I'm not going to lie. It, it was, was uh, a lot. It was a lot, and well, it got and it got pretty nerdy too. It which, did which was, early, which which yeah. was which was different. Like normally, they stay very kind of top level, and it's more about like you know uh, general assistant yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's the and thing; they, they just dug yeah, right it's in. Usually, yeah. it's still developer focused, but the main keynote usually is how the software is applicable to yeah. the retail, the yeah. consumers, how the, the end email, user. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. And this did not feel that way at all. <laughs> no, not one bit. No, they, there was zero mention of Nest in the main keynote that I remember. I don't. I mean, think there was they a little that. bit of assistant stuff, but not even really though. They talked about yeah, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Some of the stuff like Lambda and, and these multimodal models, qubits. Um, um, yeah, they got. I forgot about that. They skipped <laughs> like whole all, the, all the hey Google I/O in sixteen minute recaps. They just skip it. Um, uh, fascinating, you know, like Google's Google has cracked quantum computing a little bit. Um, they, they can't; it's not stable by any means at, at this point. And the the rigs that they're having to use to make it even start to work are is ridiculous. Insane. I mean, it's, it's just insane. it's just, the whole thing's crazy. That part, I mean, they jumped into that quick. That was after oh, yeah. Sundar. They got into that yes. qubit stuff. They went to exaflops. Yeah, they're talking <laughs> about how Qubits. how powerful all this stuff yeah, is. Qubits. And it's like, and and that stuff's really cool. That was a weird inclusion. Uh, in IO, I, and for me, I think in general, for stuff like that, they just have to figure out better ways um, to deliver that sort of information in a way that's consumer oriented. Yeah, because yeah, for, I, for I an mean, IO keynote, yeah, because like, honestly, they had, had a session. Had, go, yeah, go they nuts. had Michael Pena from Ant Man, and they had the. I mean, it was a fun little quirky thing that they did with him, but at the end of it, I was confused. So I'm, and I'm not insulting the general consumer, but your average person would think i have no idea what they were just talking about no no I, and they I, even kind of made jokes of yeah. like that people don't understand yeah michael Pena, like, he was clueless he's just like yeah okay you know and so like i don't know it was it was a strange inclusion because there's no it's not like there's an application right now no. for it it's not like oh this is what we're going to do with this hey like, developers you can build this right, thing no. you, you there, can test your nothing. algorithms or your t- test your machine learning on this nope 
it, yeah. it, there's no application. And right I'm not now. saying like there won't be. <clears throat> right. This is yeah. a, we have to I think Weird. as a you know society or as a you know a group of humans eventually figure out quantum computing if we're going to do some of the things that we have aspirations to do, like because large data sets require that sort of mm-hmm. computational power in order to like I think part of the AI that we think you know this conversational kind of AI that we want to see happen eventually is only going to happen because we the have models have been ran through these we have quantum computing that yeah. can go pull all that data together and deliver some sort of consumable thing and so but that's it's well, just way the one, off the, the one graph you know. that or the one little animation that we talked about that was so amazing whenever it was like talking about all the different options in a conversation right yeah and, so and that was how, the lambda thing yeah, so we'll was kinda, showing we'll kind of dig into that next but think about how many different ways oh, things can go uh, you know it's uh, uh, and and the fact that it's as good as it is right now i mean it's still think about this i mean the assistant is not old no well and, <laughs> and they they got into this too i think right around the same time they were talking about the quantum computing stuff they were talking about their new um uh TPUs yes, that they'll yes. build into their servers yeah. that are going to be serving this. That's where they got into the exaflops right. and stuff and how powerful these and processors are. stacking them. And it's just yeah. rooms full of these things. It's because the, the way that we compute at this point in order to handle, I mean, think about this. These things are scouring the internet for these millions and millions of bits of information and trying to put those things together into coherent thoughts. And it, it it's humbling to think that our brains are capable of just doing this. Just, You've collected a bunch of information, like all of your opinions, all of your viewpoints, all of the things that you think and say and do and react Memories to. And it's it's all that. It's just not in a digital form. It's it's in an organic form. But your brain is doing that yeah. constantly, constantly. Yeah. Well, and going back, I mean, so the the kind of neural network that they've created right. and how that all works is 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 partially based on you know the neural network of our brains and how that right. works you know and it's, but you got they're you got trying to make it warehouses power. full of these mm-hmm. ridiculously powerful processors and computers trying to pull this off yeah that's where quantum computing comes in and it could eventually if they can if they can stabilize the thing because that's what all they're at right now they've they got it to work but it's so unstable if you know anything about quantum physics even the basic stuff about quantum physics you realize that things are super weird uh they don't make a lot of sense logic kind of goes out the window like mechanical physics fail and when you start talking about quantum stuff and and so when you take all of that into consideration trying to get a repeatable computing model yeah. obviously is going to have all sorts of issues so now they're just trying to figure out how to isolate it so that it, it can just keep repeating the same thing for error, a long period of what, time what do they keep calling it error corrected quantum yeah. yes so they yeah. figured out how to do one qubit but they need yeah. tons of them exactly. and so they've got to like stack them or something. i don't and and how they're working together it's bonkers. Is, is it's wild. But yeah, because they said one one of the server banks is four thousand ninety six of those individual yeah. qubit. Things. Yeah, and that and th- that's an, that's exponential when they connect them together. So it's it's mind blowing. But eventually, that if they could stabilize that, that sort of that's you put that on the task of pulling all that information together and giving this generalized yeah. piece of data that, and it'll happen. Real Almost time, instantaneously. You know, it'll, it'll be like a conversation, yeah. Which and gets so, us into this lambda stuff, yeah. And so, on the other side of non-quantum computing, yes, lambda, lambda. Yeah. yeah. So lambda, lambda. lambda. I, mean, I wrote down what it stands for. Hold on, uh, language model or modeling for dialogue applications. And so, Sundar did make sure and say it's it's an open model, so it works across 
apps. So it's not it's not like one thing that will have to be tied in. So they see, he said they'll tie this into Assistant. They'll tie it into Search. They'll tie it into Web. Like it, it'll be able to be used in all sorts of things. So this isn't just a Google Assistant thing. This is a different thing. Um, it it reminded me of when they showed Duplex the first time yes. a couple years ago. We were like, wait, what? Yeah, that just <laughs> did that. That held a conversation. It's that like times a hundred. Yeah. Um, you know, and and the idea of what it's doing, I guess, is fairly straightforward. I mean, it just it's able to take all sorts of information and understand language. Like he got into how difficult language is and it is. I mean, we all have different ways that we speak. Hey, there's just different languages, but then there's dialects inside of languages. And then there's all these idiosyncrasies. Like I, you know, um, I'm trying to think of something I would say, like he, he, he said, you know, if I walk in and say, I'm freezing, Mm. Yeah, we all understand he's not literally freezing. Right. Like he's, his body is not at that temperature. He's just cold. Well, that's a tiny little thing for us. We're like, yeah, well, I, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. But for a computer that is ones and zeros, very binary, you know, like, okay, how do you process that? And in, in the context of a conversation, how do you deal with that? And they showed this thing that yeah. Joe was referring to earlier. Like, it's this it's like really wild layers. web of things. It's like <laughs> you pick this one option out of these millions, okay, and then that one flows out into layers. It's that like a could, crazy flow chart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just an insane flow chart. Yeah. And, um, Such a cool graphic, though. And so, like, when you start thinking about that, yes, it's going to take tons of computational power and really crazy algorithms. Um, and ultimately, you know, they showed... They said that they fed it all the stuff about told it to look up Pluto and basically mm-hmm. personify Pluto yeah. and then had a conversation with Pluto and they didn't pre program anything. They just took Lambda and pointed it at this subject yeah. and said, Be that thing. Now let me talk to you. And, and it was so cool. I mean, I mean just, wildly impressive because the girl wasn't asking, like, Tell me about your structure. You know, what's your diameter? It was like it was just it was like you walked up on the on the street, walked up to a stranger and just started asking them just random things and they just started telling you about themselves i imagine the streets of new york a big ball that looks like pluto with (laughs) mickey mouse arms and legs yeah and eyeballs on the front of it and you're talking to it but you think about it it says pluto on it like yeah yeah. you think about everything that that google's massive data infrastructure does and you think about it'll take take into consideration regional you know where you live geographical Mm -hmm. things of that nature because you know if you're talking about you know up north they call soda pop right you know we don't call that pop here but you know it's going to take just little things like that into consideration and compile them and it's mind-blowing the 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 realness of these conversations that they're having and and even even just like something simple the other example that they were talking about was the weather you know asking Mm -hmm. about the weather right rather than just giving you the 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 forecast it's it's going to be a nice day outside but it might be a little you know i can't remember it was like it might have might be a light rain so make sure to bring a jacket you know like that sort of conversation style he, he pointed out like if somebody asked you Hey, have you seen hey, what's, what's the weather, weather, weather going to do? You're not going to reply. It's going to be high of 86 with a 40% chance of rain in the afternoon. Like, yeah. no one replies like that. You yeah, just exactly. be like, dude, it's going to be pretty nice today. Like, I saw it might rain. I might go golfing. You know, like, yeah. Right. And using those sorts of the con- um, contextual things. And I think, yeah. like, if they can get that nailed, um, I, I know it could be used in all sorts of things. If they could get that nailed for assistant, <clears throat> that would be just a win beyond wins. Like, if, if all of a sudden, they, like, because think about your assistant. You know, think about the Google Assistant specifically, and like 
I think most people talk to it the way that we we type in search commands. Absolutely. I never I never search in full sentences. No, you're supposed to. SNL did a skit about this. Yeah, like nobody nobody does. People just write random things. Right, you know? and I'm like, and that's what I do. I write the keywords I'm looking for in search. And yeah. It's like I'm trying to help Google along because I'm like, well, that's one less thing it's going to have to parse. Like, I know what it needs. And so I talk to the assistant this way, too. Yeah, exactly. And so you talk in these really unconversational, unnatural ways to the assistant because you're just like, look, I don't want you to miss because I just need the information real quick. So here's how I'll say it this way. But I would never say that to you or I'd never say that to Gabe. Like, I would just say the thing I need to say. If it can get to the point where I can do that mm-hmm. and not just have a one-off answer question answer but be able to carry a conversation through a topic or through like that's game changing that changes the way that i would interact with the assistant mm-hmm. um on a very fundamental level and i think give google a leg up on everyone else so like, for, right because they mentioned i don't remember like, which section it was in but they well, i think we'll get to this in a minute when they were talking about you know um uh, real-time data for like restaurants and things like that in google maps but you have that stuff tied to the existence say you're out of town and whatever say hey hey gee uh, where are some hibachi grills nearby and they say oh and conversationally name a couple of them and say right now because they were talking about peak business hours and things like that for these different like shopping areas say you know there's a 20 minute wait at shogun right now but if you want to get in i can call and get your reservation at this kind of place that would be incredible like which one because you, you are we already have that better, you know? yeah we already have that we already have the whole reservation thing whatever so there's no wait right now do you want me to go ahead and call ahead and reserve you a table i mean that's the kind of stuff that this will become <laughs> here's what i see i see the way that tony stark talks to uh uh yeah uh, uh, well, Jarvis, Jarvis. or uh, whatever the girl's name is, when Jarvis became Vision. yeah, once Jarvis moves on to be Vision, whatever. But that com- very conversational. Oh, um, I don't know. I can't remember now because she's in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, he, don't remember. Yeah, don't remember. Damn. But yeah, like like that sort of just you you walk in and you're just talking, right? And it's it's imagining if you actually had an assistant, how would you talk to that person? You know, if 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 all of us were wealthy enough to hire a personal assistant. Like, hey, I need somebody that's just going to help me do all these side things so I can focus on my project or whatever. You know, like, you're going to talk to that person like a human, hopefully, if you're not a jerk. Yeah. You know, and it's I don't feel that way at all with the Google Assistant no, right now. It's a, it's a question and answer box right now or play me some music, you know, and you might actually be able to catch stop the music yeah <laughs> like sometimes it sometimes, fails at that like it it's, that. it's got a long way to go obviously and this is a complex thing like language is complex yeah uh, super complex and if if they crack that with this yeah, they're starting to build this model that's trying to that's solve really that. trying to solve yeah. that and, and and build something very unique and if it works if they can make it happen uh it's that's the next big step uh in this and i'm i'm reading some fiction books right now that uh, i was about ready to you know may or may not uh, be talking about some of this stuff and it's uh the first book and it's called avogadro corp Uh, avogadro is clearly google in this fictional setting uh it's a good 20 years in the future from now or something like that but how uh, uh language detection uh, they build a, a, a thing. Uh, I can't remember what it stands for. It's They call it ELOPE, E-L-O-P, little E, but it's something with email. I don't remember what the acronym was for now because they refer to it so much as ELOPE that that becomes in your brain. That's the name of the AI. Uh, but as they're developing it, the whole tool was it's like the Google's Gmail autofill on steroids. Like 
it won't just autofill for you. Like it could write in your tone an email to someone and then it can parse stuff from them about them, about your email conversations with them to in get order the to, that you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to help persuade them. So if this yep. person responds better to this sort of conversation, I'm going to write your email this way. What well, accident, like somebody goes to run it, the guy that's helping develop it goes to run an actual little test with it. Um, cause he's like, I, he's waiting for okay from the company to get it to run. And they're like, it's killing our servers when you do it. So I don't think we're going to get it, be able to get it. So he goes in late at night and runs a test just on a couple emails. Well, that was enough to get it. It, it used its own purposes to basically barter for more servers from the guy that ran, that had the okay to get the servers and then just started a chain reaction of it reaching out and just, and it eventually evolved itself into a, an artificial intelligence. Skynet. And, yeah. much. and what's cool is they end up painting artificial intelligence in a pretty good light. Like it, it goes way deeper than that. Yeah. That's the first book. But like Elo becomes like, he's an ally to humans. Like it, it's not, it's not some nefarious thing. They think it is at first and they try to destroy it. Yeah. And it, it it's smart enough to evade everything going to different servers and all this kind of stuff and using its language stuff to manipulate people and keep itself alive until eventually they figure out, I think this thing's could be on our side if we'll talk. And so they start talking with it and they're, they figure out they're sentient and it's fine. You know, they can, they can work together. And so other AIs end up coming that are not good and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's so rooted in stuff that's starting to happen right now. That's a little creepy. Um, but you know, I don't want I don't want that to paint my my that view was, of this. Yeah, I mean we're but still it, it we're does, still we're still a ways off, I think. But, but it does fun. make you think like like what how far do we go before this becomes something that we do have to start like regulating or thinking through how we deal with stuff because people think like me naively this book even though it's fiction has made me start to think like we do have to be very careful uh, yeah. with AI yeah. because once it's once it's smart enough to try to help itself stay, you know, alive and sentient, then it's going to be very hard for us. Just, it's not like, Oh, just pull the plug on that server. You yeah. don't think it's going to be smart enough to probably write itself to another server. somewhere? right. Like, you have on, like a, silly. the Ultron yeah. situation where yeah, it's everywhere. It knows to safeguard itself. Right. Yeah. And I, I think when the day comes that we have some sort of AI like that, you know, like that, that's, I don't know how, I don't know how you deal with that stuff. We'll probably not be on the earth anymore at that point. So, Maybe. I don't know. It could happen faster than that. I don't know. Yeah. This could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. It gets it gets wild. But like those are the vibes that this whole oh, yeah. thing gives me a yeah, little bit. Sure. Um it's, it's starting to get into that territory. It's more more than duplex was where it's not just Oh yeah, that's neat. That can do that. It's like Duplex was that's like completing amazing. a task for and me. And that's little, the thing. People terrifying. freaked out over duplex. And, no one's really and, freaking and, out over this. And shit. at that time, and I get why why people were were thinking that, but I don't want to call it simplistic because because it's not. But compared to what they showed at I/O, if you want to be freaked out, you should be freaked out by that. <laughs> Now's your time. But don't get freaked <laughs> out. It's okay. It's yeah. gonna be all right. Like I said, this could be a whole another podcast. We could yeah. make a whole podcast about AI and Joe was talking yesterday about, yesterday about buying an island and yeah. just moving there, and we'll all be safe there, so it's fine. Exactly, <laughs> fine. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Hello, weeds. Because I have a lot of 
comments yep. on this, but let's move on. We'll save that for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, you, we mentioned maps. Let's talk about some of the stuff in maps that I think is really cool. That's is it using? It's using kind of some of this tech. Uh, they're just using just of, their or, normal kind of machine learning yeah. stuff, like just letting letting the system uh, be smart enough to go, hey, I recognize these patterns and put this stuff in place. So like. Uh, street signs, virtual street signs. So when you go into that live view, that like AR view where it has overlays of stuff. Uh, I, what they, I don't know if they call it. I think it's live, live view. Yeah. Because um, it's indoor. I wrote down indoor live view. Mm. So it's live view on the outside. Uh, so like if you're navigating and you have live view up where you're walking, you know, it shows you like on the road, it shows you the path. It has these big floating arrows, you know, to tell you to turn. Well, included in that now are like the streets, street names. So, you know, we've all been there. You're. It's like turn on Baker Street and you're like, I don't see. Yeah, okay. There are no street signs. Yeah. Like I'm gonna assume this is it. And, you know, now it's huge, floating up on top with an arrow. Like go that way. It's here's your street. Go that way. It's like okay, cool. Uh, but then they're also it's like using machine learning to look at the satellite views and see the crosswalks and add those to the what's the main map overlay like yeah. the graphic version of the map yeah the uh so they have the traffic version and then they have the satellite yeah, view, traffic so it should just be traffic, traffic which, yeah. which that that was incredible to me i mean it, it just for them to have that there so you know when because this all rolled out the ar view and stuff rolled out what a couple years ago we were in new york yeah and i was so excited to be able to use it and then COVID hit and like we haven't been anywhere where yeah. we've needed it for the last yep. year and a half but now you're because there's been plenty of times especially when we're in las vegas because uh, las vegas is vegas is pretty pretty tight where we're at and there's always construction going on somewhere and for them to be you able just to have get right over yeah, there you want to be able to have have like live updated information like hey i know there's a crosswalk down there but right now that crosswalk's closed because there's construction going on that's so useful and then you talk about like handicap accessible areas where people can get in and out in a wheelchair and and things like that that that's just a big deal especially yep. in major cities like new york and las vegas and chicago and stuff like that so yeah i i think like the I don't. I don't remember if you you remember this, Robbie. But way back, whenever uh, we were working with this marketing firm that we used to work with, they were working. I forget his name, but like the Google guy that did the Google Photos and stuff, the interior of buildings and created oh, the three D. Yeah. What was his um, name? Joe. I thought it was Joe or John. He might have been a Joe. Might have been. I a think Joe. he was a Joe. Anywho, he was a Google partner who did you know uh, uh, interior photos for businesses and did them very very. Which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. he did them yeah. really. He well. did it well. But back then, they were testing some of the uh, inside live view stuff for like hospitals, right? right? When you're trying to get around hospitals. And then like to now see it, where how it's evolved and to be able to hold it up. And it's like, oh, that's that building. Okay, cool. You know, and whatever. Right. But then the, the one thing they mentioned about showing like crosswalks and stuff that those that you know, or maybe in a wheelchair that need to get around and they need to know exactly, hey, if I'm going to go all the way up there, I need to know I can right, cross right, right there. Right. There's a crosswalk and now it's showing those and it's showing the lights and right. stuff. Or if you're a family and you're trying to get around a downtown, you know. So some of these improvements are really cool. Yeah, to and me. They, they seem small, but, you know, it's the cool part is they're, again, they're using machine learning to do it. So it's like the map is just doing that itself right, instead exactly. of someone having to go, okay, no crosswalk one's in here. There. No one's right. in there drawing and be, that stuff. Because honestly, Google Maps, from a driving standpoint, does everything it needs to do. I mean, it 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 maps out the best yeah, road. It's quite good. And then it says, "Hey, in a, you know a few hundred feet, you need to turn." That's not hard, but you need to see that stuff when you're when you're out walking yep. around in a big city. The other thing they mentioned that I forgot about was 
finding the most uh, uh, eco-friendly route. Yes. Yep. Do you remember this? So yeah, you, that was that was part of the Lambda thing. Yeah. So there, and that's we kind of glazed right past that. I think we got stuck in AI mode. Uh, that's where Sundar kind of moved and started talking about multimodal models. So using hey, the same it. thing, <laughs> real slow. Multi multimodal models. models. I have it written down, so it helps. Um, his idea, his his presentation there was to say, "Cool, Lambda is great for text and speech." But what people converse and they communicate with video and with pictures and with text and with speech. Exactly. So we need these multimodal models in order to deal with that. And th- that that's already happening too. So he pointed out, he said, like, if you're at a, a video, watching a video of the safari, you could just say, take me to the spot where the lion roars. And it shows it fast forwarding to that spot because yeah. it's used its... Mm-hmm all the machine learning and stuff to look at that video and know what's in the video and know what you're talking about conversationally. Uh, and, and they say that, that they're going to roll that kind of stuff out to maps too, to say, you know, take me on the most beautiful. I want the most scenic exactly. route. Uh, I want the most economical route. I want the route with the most restaurants or whatever. And it understands what you're asking and then can leverage maps and the data that's in maps to take you on the route. Oh, yes. There. That was the other so thing. Awesome. So using that same type of data, uh, making things on the map more prominent depending on what time of day ah, it is. Yeah. So it's yeah. seven thirty, you leave your apartment, you're walking down the street, you open up maps and all the coffee shops in the area are now highlighted. They're they're more prominent. So you the can the ones see that are it. open. Yeah, yeah the ones, the ones that, are, that open. are open, which is also very helpful because yeah. we found closed coffee shops and that's depressing. Yeah. Just yesterday. But yeah. just different things and that is that is really, really cool. Yeah. Just based on not just the time of day, but things like y- your personal use cases yep. and your routines because the assistant already does you've that. Been to that yeah, you I've, liked, I've you know. noticed uh, in the last couple of weeks my phone has started uh, throwing up a notification. Hey, you normally turn out the lights around this time and because mm-hmm. my kids' lights get turned off between like 8 and 8.30. Mm-hmm. Why are like, you letting your kids stay up so late? <laughs> mind, mind your business, Google. It's, Leave me it's alone, almost Google. Summer time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sun is still way up. Yeah. Like, that's my son. It's like 745. Oh, no. Like, it's bedtime. No, it's not. It's morning. I mean, yeah, that's sun. exactly what Lane It's says. not morning. It looks like morning outside. Yeah, nice well, but it's not, bud. Yeah. But it was it was interesting though. I mean, you 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 constantly hear Google talk about this, obviously, is you know, they're 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 trying to get to completely Carbon free everything by mm-hmm. what was it like twenty thirty five or twenty thirty? Might be something? sooner than that. I thought they were already carbon neutral. They are on on certain things that they were talking yeah. about, like everything. Yeah, so everything yeah. they're either going to be carbon neutral or a lot of their uh, areas they're trying to be not just carbon neutral, where zero carbon. Yeah, zero yeah. carbon. That's right. But yeah, yeah they're. they're um, it might have been sooner than thirty five. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's soon. soon. They showed their they showed their that new campus looking thing. Yeah. It looked like a floating alien. How it's using dragon skin. It's gonna have the solar large, cells. It's gonna have top. the largest <laughs> geothermal pipes ever yeah. in any building ever made. Which is but, awesome. I think geothermal like, is so underutilized. No, it yes. really is. Yep. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So the 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 thing I was getting at there is in maps. I mean, how many people? get in maps and drive somewhere every single day. I'm sure you could look up the, the, the data points. 
it's a lot, right? I mean, I a lot of times, even if I know where I'm going, I'll still open up maps. We do every to, time to, uh, because there might be a, an accident yep. or traffic or that you're you're not aware of. Yep. It's burned me a couple times. A couple times I'm driving home. It seems like every time I, I get home from a flight and I'm I'm coming down 65, That's there's right. always something. Yeah. Just when you like really want to get home, yep. <laughs> we have like a 40 minute drive from the airport to to where we live, and yeah, every time it's like I fly home and it's like I just want to be home, and there's an accident, but. Yep. My wife is like uh, just right yeah, put on, it on no matter what. As soon as we were getting ready to go somewhere, she's always pulling up a map. Yeah. And so if Google can say, if if you choose to elect this, I'm sure it'll be an option. You don't have to do it, obviously. But, you know, if you could say, hey, I, I want this route that is slightly more downhill or whatever. I don't know. You know, however, it's calculating that. And again, no one is going in and obviously... No, adding it has all to of those routes, this. Right. it knows this stuff. It knows right. all the elevation. It knows the traffic. How long you're going to be stopping and going, and calculating all of these things to make it a you know more fuel efficient trip for you. Like, yeah. like, so you over think time, about like your wife. You think about how how useful this stuff is when it comes to just common things. The the machine learning can get to the point where your wife gets in the car. I don't know if she if you have like a phone mount for your car. You put it up there. Google now has enough data to all right. They're in their car. Maps Fire automatically maps fires oh, up, yeah. and now it's learned the routes that you normally like to take. Hey, do you, are gonna, you going here at this yeah, time? Yeah. Normally, you go here at this time. Yeah, you're headed. You're <laughs> headed to work. Do you want to yeah. do this or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so okay, a couple quick other things before we wrap up the general thing. So, uh, so I want to mention last thing maps. Uh, the one other thing. This is literally just to mention, but they're bringing live view to indoor places yeah. too. So subway stations, airports, <clears throat> difficult to navigate places. Yeah. Same stuff like. I'm trying to get to whatever room it's got the bubbles and it says, you know, go up one floor, you know, and it's pointing you to the stairwell. Like that's amazing. Or like yeah. subway systems sometimes. I mean, I've roamed around subway systems a couple times, like especially uh, overseas, like trying to figure out where to oh, go. Yeah. And it's like, oh, overseas. Well, no yeah. yeah. How many times I'm have going? we been trying to get somewhere and we literally can see like the catwalk and <laughs> yeah. we don't know how I to get, get to there. that thing. <laughs> the Vegas monorail. Yeah. The Vegas <laughs> monorail. It's right there. I just like, I there's like a to go stairwell right, right here, but no, it's, it's locked. So no, not allowed. So yeah, that is, that is amazing too. So, uh, I do want to mention a couple of things with where, now just where, I guess. Is it? I don't I know. That's how they kept referring to it. W. I'm going to be honest. There were a couple times I dozed off during the keynote. <laughs> it was our, our new chairs. That was the most exciting long. part. For me. Our new chairs are so comfortable. That's true. Yeah, yeah, when are. you lay they them back, I just yeah, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, sorry. So they're good. I so think they I fell did. During this, they so. did kept. Ref- they did keep referring to it as just where instead yeah. of Wear OS. So I don't know if it's an official thing. I don't. Which know. is funny because they insisted on calling where. Android Auto Android Auto OS. Yeah. No, 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 not Android Auto. Uh, uh, Android TV OS. Yeah. I'm like, no one calls it Android TV OS. Stop yeah. calling it that. I guess Anyways, it is where it is, but yeah. so where uh, they are still heavily invested in this mm-hmm. and are continuing to roll out new features. They're integrating more things from the Fitbit team. They had the Fitbit CEO. One of this Fitbit, I guess it was the co-founder, but I guess he is the CEO, but he's a co-founder. I don't sure. remember. Uh, you can go watch it. He uh, was on screen and talking about how they're excited about this and how they're integrating some of their most loved services into you know the, the the platform now so i'm excited to see what that ends up looking like and then the other big news is just how their tiles and, and how they keep referring to watches now like it's it's not as much of this like oh i'm going to click into this and i'm going it's not like a little computer it's mm. not what it's not like a little smartphone it's right. meant to be a and they kept using the word like at a glance everything is just at a glance yep. hey here's this and so f- for me the, the way I, whenever i do wear my 
my uh, fossil watch. I don't honestly wear it that much anymore because it was bugging me a couple of <laughs> things. I, I need the new Pixel watch. But uh, the yes. tiles, the tiles, the so swiping, you mm. just swipe through and you get the stuff you need, weather, you know, I have my... Uh, you know my Strava in there, so if I'm I'm going on a run, cool, swipe over, boom, there it is, I'm ready to go. So they've opened that up to now anyone can build on that API and create tiles for their app. So again, this whole kind of at a glance thing. But then the other big news was they're uh, opening up. I don't know exactly how this is working. I don't. Remember yeah, the they didn't. You're too referring to Samsung. Yeah. yeah, they they didn't clarify exactly because if if you wanted to if you wanted to be like a wild dreamer, you could maybe write an article that speculates where and Tizen OS are going to become one thing, but I don't think that's the case, but they have partnered with Samsung and they have created a unified ecosystem is what they kept referring it to. So now developers can create one app for Tizen OS and Wear OS devices or Wear devices, and they'll just work. And I, I don't know. It feels to me like their acquisition of Fitbit was their first step in saying, hey, we're going to make Wear work one way or another. I don't think they figured it out yet, but they're moving that direction. And I think this partnership with Samsung is the next step in that because Samsung obviously makes really nice watches and Tizen OS is great, but they need developers on board. And Google has the clout with developers to get people on the platform if they can present to them hey, we have a roadmap and an operating system for wearables that works and works really well. And I'm hoping that the Samsung partnership will be the shot in the arm that Wear needs because I'm loving my tick watch. uh, Some of the updates that I've gotten lately are really good. And now with the new update that's coming to Wear eventually, I think it's just going to get better. I mean, like I wore mine yesterday. Like I'll, I'll still wear it. I mainly wear my watch uh, to play disc golf. Like that's yeah. the only reason I, I still have my watch because there is an app called UDisc, which uh, is probably the main uh, app that most disc golfers use to to track scores. And the the Wear OS app is perfect. Yeah. It literally has a plus Ooh. minus. Is there a Wear OS app for uh, uh, for uh, eighteen birdies? I don't know. I think there is. We need to look at. That. I used to have it actually. I'll be get. I'll, I'll be really, Dude, really excited about the, the issue. Is the Sorry. issue? The issue is that my um, fossil Gen Five watch, the GPS, has just stopped working. So I don't know if eighteen birdies would work. Perfect. I guess if my phone was connected, it would pull from the phone. So if my phone's there, it'd work. Right. And that's and that's like on the disc golf course. I I queue up the round on my phone and then the watch. So I I can easily keep score. You can swipe down, see total scores, and it gotcha. just works. It's so simple. Uh, but yeah, I mean to. To kind of go back here, that the that Google is still very uh, much interested in in creating a platform here that I think is gonna uh, be really useful for a lot of people long term. It's just been a right. rocky road getting there. That is the way I would describe it. It's been a little bit of little little all over the place, but I think they're figuring it out. And I think this partnership with Samsung, whatever exactly it is, I don't like Gabe said, I don't think they really clarified exactly no. what it is or how it's going to work. No, and I think like, are, I think the main are take the away. are the are the Galaxy watches running Wear OS now technically because that was the new s- one is rumored. Their newest one is rumored to be coming with Wear OS, but right. that could have just been that somebody found a leak or something where Google is talking about this partnership and it's just like, hey, these apps are working together, and so maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just that. You know your Wear OS apps from the Play Store on on your watch are also compatible 
I don't know. We'll I'm see. Looking, I'm looking to see Google. Yeah, see, this is the IO stuff. Um, Samsung confirms it's moving its Galaxy Watch to Wear OS. Okay. Well, there you go. Confirmation. Yeah, I mean, it came and then from, I'm, I'm came assuming the, anything uh, that executive is executive vice president. If you have an older watch that is running Tizen, it's it's now going to be compatible with Play Store. I don't that's, know. That's that, I don't that, know. I don't know. My guess is they'll say move. That's it yeah. That's TPM level stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I would. It, that would be a tough, yeah. tough. And, and the hope here is, is that they'll do with Tizen exactly what they did with Fitbit. They're going to take the best of everything from that and just, I mean, yep. and, and if Wear could just become the, they are the other, the alternative for Apple's yeah. watch. That That's it. There is no tie. Because some watches use RTOS. Uh, TickWatch makes a couple RTOS, and those work just fine, but you're limited because you don't have the Play Store app. Right, yeah. So. Yeah, 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 and and then that's the cool part about this is you know it seems like Google's looked at it and said we need help <laughs> yeah. with the Wear OS thing. Like yeah. we're we're Who's clearly doing not this nailing well? this. <laughs> Samsung, yeah. without the need of Google, has yeah. done a great job at building a, uh, a software ecosystem. They just don't have the apps because yep. again, developers are already stretched thin. They're not going to go build for just for Samsung watches. Uh, and then on the other side, you got Fitbit, who has done a great job at building fitness stuff well google Tracking acquired them stuff, and yeah. so they'll pull that in i mean i'm i'm a fitbit guy and honestly i really needed fitbit to show up and work with wear os or whatever for this pixel watch to really be because i really want that sense i want the fitbit sense real bad but i'm holding off because i know that pixel watch is coming yeah. a it looks gorgeous and b it's going to have the best of both worlds from the wear os slash fitbit perspective but fitbit's OS isn't the best. I mean, it's very, very bare bones, yeah, but it's glanceable. It's rudiment, you know? rudimentary, yeah. Um, so you got Samsung with a great version of a, a watch interface, no apps. You got Fitbit with great fitness tracking and no great OS. And Wear OS, it's kind of like confused, but it's got the apps. And so put all three together and you start getting something, I think, that's going to be very, very marketable. Like, and, and I like this move that they're going to glanceable information. And it's, it's the confusing part. Like everybody thought watches might be like the new smartphone and they're just not no one wants a big bulky thing on their wrist they just want something that looks like a watch or they want something that looks like a fitness tracker but they don't want it to be big and bulky and that's that's what attracted me to the the versa for fit from fitbit like it's small enough and light enough that i don't i don't feel it on my wrist all the time because i don't i didn't wear a watch before i'm just wearing this now and so you know all that stuff i think i think it feels like they're like yeah. Finally going in the right Could direction. Could all come together. Gosh, yeah. it, it, right when you thought it Could might just all, all fall apart. Together. Yeah, and I know. It's like Chrome OS. Ah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll look back and say the same things we say about Chrome OS. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break for an ad. Real and, quick, real quick. Uh, we're going we're gonna to switch. Yeah. i gotta, I got to stop you because i got to okay. mention this real fast. Do it. Google Photos also in the main keynote. Oh, they, yeah. Okay. They mentioned a couple of really cool things. Little Patterns is the first one. So... Google Photos will start offering you up things that it sees pattern recognition. Because I said, I can't remember. It was a staggering percentage of photos that go unviewed after being taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> staggering. Like high 90s. Oh, in the percentage. yeah. I would say most of my photos most. I take. <laughs> yeah. Most, you take them and you'll never see them again. And so it's like, okay, cool. How can we find stuff? You take a lot of pictures of outdoors. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. And so it's going to pull start pulling those together. Or you tend to take a lot of pictures of circular things for some reason. Like, that's interesting. Like, why do I do that? And whatever. Uh, or you, you, like, it's showed one employee took this backpack through this whole trip they took. And 
photos realized, hey, that backpack's in all these photos. So it just put together a collection of photos with just that backpack, yeah. and it told this interesting story. And so that that'll be fun. Uh, and then you got the cinematic, the uh, kind of an upgrade to the cinematic thing that they've been doing. Uh, I've never gotten one of those from the last version of this. I'm hoping to get lots of the new one. But the idea I get is the stylized stuff, but I don't know that I've gotten. Or did they never even roll the cinematic thing I don't out? No, first one. Dude. I don't, I don't remember even what it was difference? supposed to be. Like, what's the difference in like the cinematic things? The old one, it was just they took the 3D thing and kind of moved it. Like It was very simplistic. Like It didn't do oh, much. See, I've only get, I feel like I have gotten those, but it's or the background. very it's, and it's, few. I think it's got to be a back. I don't know. Whatever. It's got to be one where it knows to separate the background or something. But it was pretty simplistic. Um, this new thing is really amazing. So most people tend to, if they're trying to get, a, especially portraits, you, you end up taking a few, especially with kids. Like, you're not taking one photo. Even when people take pictures, like, you're, hey, will you take a photo of us real quick? They're going to take like three or four. Or three, yeah. And so if they're... when someone's going to be blinking. Yeah. If there's movement in between that, uh, Google Photos will take those, look at the differences, and then just use some machine learning magic and fill in the gaps and like animate them. And the one there, the ones that they show are really cool. Like it's super compelling to see that photo or somebody like you got a shot of a kid that wasn't smiling and then started to smile and then went to smile as you were taking those photos. And don't forget your phones are usually taking 10 to 15 photos every time they take a photo. So there's tons more information in there as well. Um, and it animates those things and it fills in the gaps just with, computer generated stuff to make these animations it's really cool uh, i think it's on the blog uh, google's blog uh, there's probably stuff out there you, or watch the keynote or whatever just to see it in motion it's super cool looking i think it'll be a fun feature so some cool stuff from google photos too that's coming yeah there you have it okay we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back and we're going to talk through some things that were announced that are chrome os related so if you're interested in that hang around this podcast is brought to you by nordvpn we recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Alrighty, welcome back, everyone. As promised, we are going to dig into some of the Chrome OS news from Google I/O. And uh, as always, there's there's it, it, this one was interesting because we got we got a Chrome Chrome OS mention, Chromebook mention, like within the first ten minutes of the keynote, yeah. maybe even less. It was early when know, they were talking they... about sales. They were talking about numbers oh, and yeah, how yeah, many yeah. people are using Chromebooks and. I mean, it, I remember us mentioning, we were sitting there watching, yeah, we were like, they were oh doing my the, gosh. They always have to do that back padding section, yeah. you know, like, here's year all the stuff year. we're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they were clear about We are the number one everything. <laughs> we're the, here's all the things we're best at. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's just keynote. Yeah. Keynote stuff. Um, but yeah, the, uh, there were things uh, with the main keynote, it wasn't like, hey, here's all these like clear Chromebook announcements because they kind of veered away from any particular hardware. No. I mean, they talked about Wear OS, so that affects watches. Uh, they talked about Android 12, but they did not have a bunch of product demos and all that stuff. They, it was more about UI uh, changes to Android 12. It, it just was not a hardware-focused thing at all, no. which, honestly, it shouldn't be. When yeah, you think it's, about a it. developer it's, it's a developer conference. It's not a hardware thing. And I think they're probably trying to distinguish between those two. So in the fall, they're going to have a hardware event. It's focused on hardware. They're not going to talk about software. 
and in you know at I/O, they're talking about software and all the things they're doing on the web. And you think Google's diverse? It's web. It's Chrome OS. It's Android. It's Wear OS. It's, it's smart search. home. It's, it's search. Yeah. It's like maps. And I mean, they are all over the place when you think about that. So I'm like, I, you know, past IOs, we've gotten hardware, and so we kind of thought maybe there would be some stuff. Uh, maybe they're just moving away from that. Yeah, uh, and it, I, I'm fine in with the that. fall. That is hardware and. Yeah. You know, Apple blurs those lines with WWDC. They still do hardware announcements. And maybe Google's like, look, Apple doesn't do, from a software perspective, anything near what we're doing on at scale. They just we don't. Just, yeah. You know, I mean. We need to dedicate Apple time builds to their software for their yeah. their hardware. And that's about it. It like, was just. Google's it, building software for everybody. Yeah. It was just funny to me, though, because in years past, Google has kind of gone out of their way with I.O. to do things that feel more consumerish. Yeah. You know, they have creators on there and they did like the, when the Super Chat thing, they have yep. like all the giant crazy yep. stuff going on. Like this seems like something that would appeal to just general people watching. And now you have the first year where I.O. is completely virtual and it's open to anyone who wants to watch it. it was, and there ain't nothing. I mean, yeah, they just Sundar standing in the middle of the courtyard and just it was dogging. a great production. Oh, production the production was, was incredible. incredible. Uh, yeah, but you know, yeah, the the content was uh, hmm. different. It was just different. Yeah, yeah. it was different, and, and that's it, fine. If that's the way they're going to go with it, I, whatever <laughs> they're going to do, what they want to do, they're Google. Uh, but littered in there, really, very small. Because I mean, we were having to really kind of <clears throat> nitpick. Because after that session, the the bigger sessions that came out over the course of that day and the next day, obviously there were some Chrome OS specific sessions. So we're talking about some of that stuff too. But right there in the keynote, there were two things uh, that got mentioned. One uh, was the fact that Material U, which is the new Material Design language that they're going to use uh, for Android 12. That's the main thing. I mean, they talked about a few different things with Android 12, like you can. In your main toggles, they're huge now. Top, you know, yeah, little, more card style. Yeah. Uh, but you can physically turn off your camera and your mic, like from those toggles. It doesn't matter whether the app has access to them or not. When you click them off, they're off. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. Like Dieter uh, over at The Verge did his kind of little deeper dive in Android 12, and you know he showed even the Google Camera app. He turned the camera off. The camera's off. Like it, it doesn't matter how deeply integrated that app is. Yeah, so you your turn system it off, level. it's off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and little stuff like that that they've added. He's, but he said, you know, the, in general, Android 12 still behaves like Android. Like the the basic stuff that you're going to do, it's all still there. Home controls are now in your notifications up top, which is cool. And the, a power button long press, uh, unless the manufacturer changes it, will bring up Google Assistant. So that might be a, a better way for most people. Leave that alone. Like OnePlus, Samsung, guys, don't touch that. Just if I long press that, bring up the Assistant. You know, uh, Android 11's. Uh, power button long press for your like payment stuff and like that's gone um, it just I don't I don't think enough people use it I use it I think it's kind of cool because uh, you hold it down and all your smart home stuff comes up and you can customize it and turn stuff on turn stuff off and, and hold power I button and go not away. once ever uh, it's, it's pretty legit <laughs> um, but a lot of that stuff now will just be integrated into your quick settings so that's fine as long as it's quick for me to get to like I like to be able to quickly see everything in my house without digging through my home app which mm. is becoming more and more cluttered cluster yeah. uh, to be honest with you um, and so that was I mean functionally that, that that's about all they talked about with Android 12 but they spent a lot of time talking about Material U which is this new design language that they're not just putting in Android They I listened back to it again today it's going web uh, smart home stuff Assistant, like everywhere, everywhere. You're yeah. going to see material you everywhere, including, and they said specifically, Chrome OS. 
and uh, we've we've hinted at this at the past uh, because when they started integrating bits and pieces of Android and Chrome OS and different things like that, it felt like Google always wanted Material Design to be this is our uniform design for everything, but it never got to that point because no. they had products that were that were legacy and they had new products that didn't include Material Design, and then they'd update it or evolve it. This feels like the new kid on the new kid in town. They're yeah. going to put this out and it's like this is going to apply to everything because it's so much more flexible than the original yeah. material design 2.0. From what they're saying, it looks like it's going to be easy for app developers to pull this stuff right. in as well. So like if you don't have a particular <clears throat> feel for how you want your app to look, just use this, like go with this design language, make it very googly, And uh, obviously Google needs to be way faster this time. As Gabe said, like, when Material Design came out in the Material Design 2.0, how long did it take Gmail to get quote unquote? Oh, it was like and last it's still week, not, wasn't it? It's still not yeah. a great implementation. No. It's kind of okay. Uh, you know, like Google Docs and Drive and stuff have this kind of uniform look, and the settings uh, in Chrome OS looks like those types of things. And the the menu that you see in in the Play Store looks basically like the menu you see in your Chrome right. OS settings. Like that stuff's getting kind of cohesive, but it had been. I don't know, muddied, I think, because they would do these small incremental updates to material design. And so, like, some things would update and others others still would have the very the first material design, like Google's KitKat. If you remember Android KitKat, I think 4.4. 4.4. You know, yeah. like, that was the first material design look, you know. And there's still stuff that in Chrome OS, or in Chrome settings. Like, if you go into Chrome settings, it still looks like Android KitKat to mm-hmm. me. Um, and so, like... They need to do a good job first internally of just getting this out the door fast. Like it needs to be in the next six months from the time Android 12 launches in the fall. So by spring of next year, their products across the board need to look like Material U. You need to be able to see Google stuff and know exactly what you're dealing with. And I really hope from a Chromebook perspective that they don't half-ass it, basically. I hope that they don't have like two things fixed and because – to me, Chrome OS doesn't look like anything right now. Like it doesn't look like material design. It doesn't look like like they've got the window pane thing where stuff is frosted behind it sometimes. And some stuff looks like what Android looks like. And some t- stuff looks like what Google on the web looks like. And like it's very, very all over the place. Like I don't love Chrome OS's design language currently. It's it it's okay. It's just kind of here. I would absolutely love to see what we're seeing with Android 12, like embrace it all the way, all the way across the board. Yeah. Like give me all of that stuff. Um, And it sucks because it feels like they've been over the last 12 months, finally kind of getting some sort of unified design look. And it's like, clearly they're going to keep moving and, but it's more of a paint job. I think material U isn't like this functionality change. You don't have to change function of anything. Just, you know, write some new CSS. Yeah. Right, but it's it so cool to. because the whole the whole point of them calling it Material U is that it 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 curates the look of your personal Android experience right. based on things like wallpaper and stuff like that, and that's just that's really, really cool. And I think they've there's little hints of that in Chrome OS, and I think that that is what Chrome OS needs. Yeah, it it it, it, is, it needs to be uniquely yours, and it just needs to it needs to look and feel like that flexible and unique. And, like, and Windows has yeah. done this forever. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think Windows. Eight started doing this where you People could say like I, I want to base yeah. my theme on my wallpaper you click yes boom and it just does it and and google will do it 10 times better probably because again they just 
they've got lots of data and machine learning. And so the on-device machine learning is smart enough to pick really good color palettes from your photo. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be some photos that won't work, obviously. Yeah. That'll make everything like you know, grassy knolls. Like I've got a big golf course on my background right now. And if it does all those really bright greens and yellows, it's no, gonna, yeah. not going to like that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's going to be hit or miss. But, but like they went through and showed how it's going to pick like certain hues of things yeah. like oh, it's yeah. not just a like block like oh yeah choose that one that one no no it's, it's really kind of it'll putting together a color palette yeah yeah color palette yeah. mine's just gonna be like everything's just black and gray <laughs> mm. all of my backgrounds You're always boring. look the same <laughs> like can you imagine them pulling a color palette oh, off man. this background yeah i mean it yeah. would just be yeah. a little much i'm green. looking at a really well manicured golf course all green uh, but it, yeah it's in blue skies and uh is that where we played no, <laughs> not. Quite. Can you imagine getting hit off that turf? Oh man, be like a whole different game. Oh uh, yeah. wow! So that's that's some drool worthy fairway right yeah. there. I mean, heck, even the rough, hey, I'd, I'd be happy you, to hit out of that. Let's rough. go play Neville Mead. Um, so yeah, so the material the material use stuff is is going to be as far as general consumers looking at their Chromebook. Like that's going to be hopefully uh, that's going to be one that hopefully you'll notice. I, I'm going to be honest long. because of the way material design originally was rolled out. You're not holding your breath. I'm, I'm very skeptical <laughs> of how this timeline will go. But the fact that they stood on stage at I.O. and just kind of bluntly said, this this is the direction we're going, hopefully that means that they've they've figured out, like, hey, across our products, we can implement this in this way. It's realistic. Let's go forward and do it. And I, I wonder if I some want of them like, to be able to do I wonder that. if some of, like, the, I guess you would call that, like, the machine learning of how it's adapting and stuff will make it a little easier to roll out, maybe? I I don't, I don't know. know if the if the code is almost kind of adapting, right? C- could it just kind of automatically do its thing and update? I don't know. That'll be so interesting. That. But obviously, I mean, I, it's I think complicated. About like, but you know, the the settings tray, for instance, the quick settings in in Chrome OS, like that's been like that since seventy. Remember, seventy was the one. So I mean, that's been around for a long time. So even though in my brain they keep adding little things to it and tweaking it and all that kind of stuff, it looked like this for a while. Like. They could completely, so again, it wouldn't take much to overhaul job. this to where it, they become the blocks like we see just in April 12. Just a little 12. paint job, yeah. Yeah, yeah and basically. it just changes it's a few simple. things up. It's easy, Easy, guys. guys. Just do hey, it. Just go do everybody it. Everybody in Mountain View listening, yeah. it's easy. Just you do got it, it, right? You got it. You can do this. We do have We do have faith. I have faith that it will, it, since they made a, a big deal, well, um, but we, we've seen Google make a big deal yeah, about things in the past. <laughs> I'm, I'm very hopeful. Yeah, exactly. That. That's, I'm hopeful that's to a good word for it. a quick, a swifter rollout of a unified design language across Google's products. Yep. Period. Like I think Material U will find its home on smart displays, Google smart displays. It feels like they could do that in five minutes. Like it already almost has that sort of it look does, to yeah. it. Um, I feel like Chrome OS is the out. I say that, but I mean Android 11 looks a lot like Chrome OS looks now. So I mean, was it, the was the little squiggly like volume or play thing? Is that going to be part of it, or was that just I like a design know. thing that they were doing I, to kind of? I think those are actually elements that they're allowing. In like the here's stuff. Here's what a volume slider looks like. Here's what a toggle. Here's what because it was box. like here's you know the back side of your volume as you were to slide up. You know yeah. if you were at th- three fourths, the the bottom, you know three fourths would would have this little squiggle to it. Yeah, I, I don't there, know. Dieter said in his thing. He said the main thing I noticed is there's animations and movement everywhere. Right. Um, Which is like I love and I it, like it's that, great. Yeah. It feels organic and and it feels mature when you can do that. Like. People dog on, you know, Android fans, Chrome OS fans a lot of times like to dog on Apple and all that stuff. But when you move around iOS, I don't love all the animations. Like some of the choices they make I think are stupid. Mm, but, but 
it everything moves somewhere. It's, Nothing yeah. ever just pops it's up. Fluid. Yes. Everything's fluid. That's what Android 12 looks like. Everything yeah. has a purpose. Like if you're going to go from one thing to the next, it doesn't matter what thing. It always moves there in a way, just like a physical object would. Exactly. You know, that this it's, can it's in front of me is never mm-hmm. going to pop over here. It's not quantum. You know, we'll go back to qubits. It just isn't going to move over there. I got to physically enact exactly. force on it and make it move. Same thing with your operating system. Like when exactly. it goes somewhere, it should get there somehow. And that's part of the kind of material design too. That was supposed right? to yeah. be, yeah. And and I feel like it was half realized, mm-hmm. and now it's like it's getting like you said maturity. Yeah, yeah they're fully realizing. Mm-hmm. Like like the we power it on when you click the power, the screen comes on from, from the, the power button, button yeah. and like bleeds out, and, or when you pick it up. It comes up from the bottom. Like those little touches are nice. I want to see that on a Chromebook mm, badly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that's one thing. I don't feel like there's a lot of good animations for Chromebooks. Like you know, you your window resizing. That's kind of okay, but it's also real fast. Like that yeah. looked great. Yeah. And I just went from overview when it when it comes up from overview. There's certain ones you're like. You're Ooh. also you're also oh, you're work- a tiger like device. You're also too. working on a Chromebook that is buttery buttery smooth. <laughs> one we can't mention yet, yeah. but. I can't wait to mention it. Yeah, man, I can't wait. So, anyway. so yeah. So, material design obviously is is a big thing, uh, and and we could probably sit and talk about this for for a while, and maybe we'll we'll come back to it as we learn more about how they're going to implement it, yeah. and what they're going to do, and if there are previews or, or of anything on Android, you can go ahead and join the beta right now, if you're okay with things maybe being a little janky. And you got to be on. Pixel, you got to be on a non-carrier device. Yeah. And you got to flash well, it too, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a OnePlus, an and there's some other devices, but yeah. It, oh, it, yeah, because you look So if the, it's Pixel, you download it directly from the Android developer website. If you're non-Pixel, then the manufacturers have their own. Like OnePlus has their own beta program. Yeah, um, just, and you have to download the APK and install it that way yeah. or whatever. What's a disk so, image, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's – and it – it might be a little. The weird developer here and there. preview yeah. thing will come out soon enough where you yeah. can just say yes, I want in, and you'll OTA. Right, but usually that happens uh, pretty. Yeah, sometime in July yeah. usually you start seeing. Pretty, those. I was going to say late summer. Yeah, we'll see. When we'll I we'll like see some point in August the OS will actually start rolling out. Usually at the end of August, and then sometimes September, yeah. October is when yeah. we get new pixels and yeah. So all that kind of stuff. September 28th kept showing up, just saying. 30th. Was it 30th? 30th. 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 28th is my 30th. birthday. Or 9.30 has been on a bunch it's been a of bon- stuff. It was the like, time. time. I noticed it was the, the time, time, and it was the date. There yeah. was one thing. Um, no, those are the two. <clears throat> I was looking for, that's what it was. I was looking for like little calendar things. Because remember, they yeah. teased they teased the first 10-4 date with like a little yeah, calendar, calendar thing. Yeah. So I was looking for that, but I didn't see anything. So okay, yeah, eh, it'll get here when it gets here. It's yeah, gonna be that's awesome. Right. The Google hardware event this year is, ooh, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, let's move on. What what else do we have? What else do we have that's Chrome um, specific from I/O? The rest of these are pretty quick. Uh, Phone Hub they showed in the key. That was one of the things they snuck in the keynote real quick uh, when they were talking about Android because part of Android is. Uh, your device is working better together. Yeah, they so went that, back to the better together. Yeah, so that involves you know Wear OS and and the phones, but then they send Chromebooks and they just showed it really quick. So the phone hub that's on your Chromebook uh, now will have the access. And we did an article about this, a real quick one, but access to your latest photos. So I go snap a photo for a, an article, for instance, and then I go sit down at my Chromebook. My phone hub will see that latest photo I just took. Um, I can't wait to try this when it comes out because I would like to see if if I edit that photo real quick, if I just throw Google Photos up and, and edit that, am I going to be able to quickly, is it going to let me pull the edited version? You know, is it 
what's it pulling from? Is it my camera roll or is it saved images? It's probably the camera roll, I would think. But uh, it'd be cool to be able to edit it too while you're sitting there taking the photo. And then your Chromebook just sees that photo. And I pull it in because you I, you could just be able to drag it in. Because normally you have to save as copy or save over. Yeah, so, so I'd have you, to go to PhoneHub. Boy, I wouldn't even be able to do it with PhoneHub. I'd have to um, go to Google Photos, wait for it to upload there. And so it's going to do its own yeah. compression there. And I could edit it. And that's what I do now. And that's not terrible. But if I could just click this button down up. here and it's right there and I drag it into whatever, grab it or whatever, it. I'm going to put some graphics on it. Like, that's cool. Uh, little stuff like that. Uh, it's really cool. So... Um, that's coming, uh, web app updates. So just some things that we've talked about. I think we've talked about all of these things, uh, but they've kind of made official and saying that, uh, this was in the, um, uh, what's new in the web or web platform yeah, talk. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, shortcuts, um, so app PWAs are getting app shortcuts and we've, again, we've talked about this before and the only example I could find working, I flipped the flag on. The only example I can find working is Twitter. So my Twitter app uh, right now, if I right click on it, I get the what look like Android full shortcuts. So new tweet, explore, notifications, direct message. So if I right click that, I don't have Twitter open right now, and I click new tweet, boom, it opens up ready to tweet something. Right. Um, again, simple, but these the, all of these types of things are the things that make PWAs not feel like PWAs. I just feel like it's just an app because it is. It's all the same stuff. It's the code running doesn't matter to the end consumer. It just works the way you want it to work. Um, link handling. So the ability for PWAs then to um, be enacted upon from a link on a website. So right now, like if I click, I don't know, a link to something in Twitter and I've got on my phone, for instance, and I've got uh, Twitter installed. When I click it, it's going to go. It's a deep link that's going to tell Twitter to open so the app goes oh hey I need I need to come up I'm going to open up now what's that link again okay I'll take you there in the Twitter app um, same thing with PWAs like instead of if I click that Twitter link instead of it going to twitter.com in a new tab it realizes hey you have the PWA installed I'll open up that new window for you and you can have that experience in that uh, quote unquote application um, and then notification badges so actually I've got one right now um, on my little Twitter icon down here there's a little bitty round circle it's not the one with the numbers that makes everybody all anxious i don't need to see that i've got 62 notifications just know that twitter's got something for me if i'd like to go check it out and see i've got 20 plus notifications that i haven't looked at technically in twitter yeah. i didn't need to know that i just knew that it had something for and me and they're in so. their in their color uh yeah, coordinated they, yeah they look nice, nice. Yeah, i like it's that. not just a random thing so it's not like a little gray dot which yeah, yeah. so that's nice. uh web apps um, Linux is coming out of beta. Yeah, so which I, I thought it had already technically done that, but they changed the Linux tab to developers tab in Chrome OS, but apparently it's still in beta. And I think they said the next update, it's going to be officially out. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's still some pieces they need to work on for, uh, for Linux. Uh, they need camera access just for the regular Linux container, but... It's gotten it. It is good enough now that it is. It's more than usable for people that want to develop or work in a Linux environment. It's it's really good yeah. if so, you have I mean, a device that can handle it. They kind of highlighted some stuff like, hey, we've got you know port forwarding, we got USB mm -hmm. support, we've got these things working. The so, update thing was cool. Yeah, like the so, updates are happening. Yeah, so they'll yeah they'll happen in, in tangent with the update to Chrome OS because the way they explained it is when you updated Chrome OS, the container updated a few minutes later, and right. sometimes you have manual updates for the container. 
container but apparently that's all going to work simultaneously now which is cool uh unity is adding chrome os development as a target uh, a chrome os development target so uh people building games with unity uh in that developer environment they can target chrome os specifically so uh basically used to target android um which is going to lean you towards arm chips and smaller screens so like now and you could do that and go like ah, it's it'll open on a chromebook probably i don't know and then you'd have to go test your app on a chromebook and debug and figure out what's going on from there and now it's like hey you can develop specifically you can make the hey when i target chrome os now what's my game do and how can i right. better make my game work with touch screens and keyboards yeah, the same mouse. thing they're doing with with android studio and stuff they've just added those tools to be able to say hey you can test your app natively here to make sure it's working for that that set of targets and that's yeah. a big deal for you i mean <laughs> unity's under yeah. so many games yeah so. that's it's a big engine and so yeah to see to see some games and i'm sure michael will keep very close tabs on this but you know to see it, it, some games actually come out that are purpose built for chromebooks yeah. you know like hey it, it, this works with touch interface but we 100 percent built in keyboard we didn't bolt on keyboard and mouse support we built it with that in mind like we understand that Chrome OS adoption is huge. Chromebook growth is explosive, and we want to write a game for for Chromebooks. You know, and and sure, we'll make sure it works on a phone, but it's also for sure working on Chromebooks. That that that'll be dope. Uh, low latency stylus API. So this is an alpha for right now. Um, and from what we can understand, you know, there's a couple Android apps that work well with stylus. Squid comes to mind. Yeah, uh, Concepts. Concepts was the one they highlighted. Um, so. And, 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 really good latency you know i love writing in in squid you know it just it's it feels very natural it's what we always use in our videos when we yeah. do i mean because it's, it's one of the few ones that it doesn't have laggy stylus input you know and um and while it's not perfect for everybody's application if you're just looking for note taking and writing it's it's really good um but apparently they did some serious work to make it that good i don't think it was just a hey we just this just worked on Chromebooks. It was some work to make sure the stylus latency was low. Yeah, because we we had talked with someone from Concepts a long time ago, and they they've been working to develop this for Chrome OS for quite some time. Yeah. And from from the way it looks, this low latency API probably was developed in part with Concepts and yeah. maybe Squid or probably, whatever. Yeah. And now Google's packaged it and said, "Hey, here like, it is. Anybody API. Is, use yeah. plug yeah use this API to plug your." app into all the things it's going to need to make stylus work properly on your app and so the hope is uh once this comes kind of out of alpha and into beta that this api is something that developers who say hey we've got an app that works with a pen that's going to be openable and, and works on a chromebook we're going to just plug in this api and make sure that it's talking properly with the chromebook and a lot of these you know gosh adobe's got a couple different ones they got a photoshop sketch they got illustrator sketch or i don't know it's confusing to me that they got so many sketching apps it's weird. Um, you need a different app for every different way you sketch. <laughs> That's because you don't sketch things. That's, but why, why are there... Anyway. I mean, why not? <laughs> super weird. Uh, but there's a bunch of sketching and drawing apps uh, in the market, and most of them don't work well. No. Like, I don't draw, but I can't imagine sitting and drawing with that kind of latency. That would be terrible. And so it's like, you know, if I can't even just write a word on the screen and it work... Like, this is no good. This is not usable on a Chromebook. And so hopefully this API comes along and uh, over time, the majority of pen-enabled apps just work better, um, uh, getting the latency out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, then we've got Arc VM and Android 11 kind of just getting their official, like, 
head nod. It's not that Google hasn't said this already. No. Um, was it in a developer blog that they put this out mm-hmm. whenever we covered it? Like yeah. the official yeah. 100 plus devices that are getting it. But, you know, they, they spent time covering it again, like in what's new in Chrome OS. And um, they they did, I don't know if they did in that blog post, but they really um, highlighted a few things. What eventually Arc VM, so the Android Runtime Container VM, so virtual machine, the move from the old Arc container to this virtual machine. I mean, they laid it out and specifically said, I wrote it in here. Um, it's going to make it more stable, give users access to all the latest APIs and features. It will improve security. It will make everything far more maintainable. It reduces the divergence from mainline Android, and it makes it simpler to keep Android updated in the future. Like, those are all wins. Yeah. Those are all good things. Yeah, because Android has lagged so far behind on Chrome OS. And, and remember and when they said before, like, oh, the way we've put this framework in here, we can keep, you know, the latest and maybe that was just to cover the fact that they didn't know how to update Android at the time. Like we'll, we'll be able to pull in the latest Android features without having to update basically. And it's yeah. like, well, that's fine. Then. Yeah. Cause yeah. my, my guess is with the, with the original R container, every time they tried to update, they probably had to destroy that container and rebuild it as a new version with yeah. this VM. I'm guessing it's going to be more flexible and they're going to be able to just update it as they would regular Android. Right. You just take the, yeah, it's all take the update. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, so that's those are all wins. I mean, that's awesome. Android 11 coming to 100 plus Chromebooks is really awesome, um, and hopefully the comp- the combination of those two once it rolls out means that the move to Android 12 this fall, like Google needs to make sure that hey, if we're going to make sure Android 12 is on Pixels first, also on Chromebooks, like there's no there's no reason they shouldn't be lagging behind. There's no carriers to worry about. There are no manufacturer issues to worry about. Like. That's not that's not on anybody but Google. So if it's going to be on Pixels in the fall, it needs to be on Chromebooks in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it feels like Android 11 is paving the way for that. So assuming that Android 11 gets rolled out the way that they've said before Android 12 and Pixel and everything comes out in the fall, uh, I would imagine we should see Android 12 pretty swiftly um, and along with Material U and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. There was something, uh, I can't remember if we wrote this or if I read it somewhere else, but they had mentioned again, I feel like they always mention this kind of in the the sales and growth numbers that they normally kind of uh, throw at the front of the keynote. Something like 40 or 50 new Chromebooks is what they've said this year. Yeah, there was Did something they say in, in, this, there, in yeah. this keynote. I think too. it was in there somewhere. Yeah, it was 50 new. 50 yeah. new. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be fair, there's going to be a bunch of EDU Chromebooks. Yeah. Uh, the Jasper Lake Chromebooks just keep coming. Like, I've kind of stopped keeping track. <laughs> so many of them. Yeah. Um, there's just so many of them. Uh, but, you know, that, and that's exciting. Like, I'm, I'm hoping we start get some, I mean, we, we're kind of seeing it with like Asus's Flip, the, you know, it's a little overpriced, but the CM3 Flip, not the mm-hmm. detachable, uh, it's a MediaTek device, but it's still a lower end processor. Uh, but what looks to have a pretty interesting build and some characteristics there. Like if, if we can start seeing these low end Chromebooks get a little more interesting, like I'm not saying they're going to have all aluminum builds and 400 net screens. I, I get that. You know, you want to keep the price down, but materials are getting cheaper. You can build high quality plastic Chromebooks. It can be done. Um, and just some thoughtful design choices and, you know, a little bit more flair to differentiate. It's not just another black clamshell Chromebook, uh, one from the next. Cause these Jasper Lake, uh, processors are going to be legit. They really are. Yeah. I'm looking very forward to them. Yeah. Yeah. And so more Chromebooks and refinement of the OS. 
Yeah, and there's a there's at. a love it. Chromebook sitting in front of me that that epitomizes some of that stuff. Exactly. Assuming we don't yep. know the price on it yet, but it epitomizes a lot of that stuff of iterate. Uh, HP's done it with the X360 14C. It's a Tiger Lake version. Like it was a good Chromebook. I do wish they would have put a brighter screen in it. But you know, it's like you don't have to rebuild a whole new Chromebook every year. Like you built a good one, right? Just update the internals and maybe tweak a few things. And this, the one I can't wait to talk about in front of me has done that. Like they added some really good stuff. They've refined some things that were annoying on the first one. And I'm just, I'm kind of in love with this yeah. thing. Right and that's now. what like, I pointed it's just fantastic. Yeah, article I published this morning. We, we discovered there's a tiger Lake Lenovo on the way, and it's probably just going to be the next iteration of the flex five. Yep. And honestly, that chip, amazing it's eight gigs of ram it's 128 gigs of storage nvme as long as they put a brighter screen in that device 300 please 300 nits at 549 dollars that that's i will recommend that device to everyone i Uh, mean it's incredible the original flex have fingerprint no nope is this this one's gonna have it don't know. Oh, okay. I, I know nothing other than that the pro- processor and the guts. Yeah, yeah. So. Better screen, add a fingerprint. Everything else about that thing was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, had a good keyboard, good yeah. trackpad. And the screen was fine. It just wasn't yeah, I mean, enough. I still work on it all the time, the one we have here at the office. The screen <laughs> just needs to be brighter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, cool things happening at Google I.O. Lots of fun things. There's we, we probably could do two podcasts on this because there was, there was – uh, there was a lot. And so hopefully you all enjoyed this. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you all next week. See ya. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunbox.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.